Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is Man Up. Man Up podcast number 80. We're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas, Sugarland Baptist Church. So if you grab a globe, spin it around. If you get the largest state in the continental U.S., that's Texas. On the southeast side is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. This is the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, just trying to deepen our faith. Here, there's no church answers, and here you get the opportunity to talk about or actually listen to guys who are not pastors but are on this journey of faith talk about real things and things that matter and bring the Bible and the stories into your own life and talk about it in a forum that is only men. So that's why we call it Man Up and we're so glad that that you decided to turn in. What tune in, what we are is we're in the Connect 360. It's Correction and Counsel and this is a great series and what we are in, we are in Confronting Cultural Compromise. And that's going to be the lesson three. And if you've been following along with us, you might have known, and I hope that you had a happy Thanksgiving. We were supposed to do two. But you know what? We're men. And so we change up on the fly. We're going to do three. And as a matter of fact, we're going to throw a new wrinkle in, and we're going to do a case or maybe a multiple cases study. Now, if you're a man out there listening to this, and you're probably thinking, case, what does that come up with? Well, like me, on your case. Well, my wife says to me, huh? Get off my case. Well, that's kind of what we're into tonight. And Steve is going to moderate this, and it is an outstanding lesson. just want to introduce the panel real quick and let them introduce themselves and give a basic summary on the lesson three before we get into the case study. I'll go around and I'll introduce him myself. Start with, he is a regular and he's totally awesome. He's an attorney, he's also a prosecutor. He could defend you or he could throw the book at you. We call him the judge, it's Michael Cropper is here. Also we have Mr. Steve Titch. Kind of think of him as an intellectual. He is a policy writer, but he's also a professional gambler. So he's a bit of a risk taker, and he's also going to be the moderator for this week's lesson. And my name is Bill Cox, and you're probably thinking that, what's Bill Cox do? Well, actually, this lesson, not much. So just like you, <laughs> this is going to be fresh material for me as well. I'm basically a writer and actor. I'm a salesman, but I'm also the director of Man Up. And you can find us on iTunes, you might be listening through SoundCloud or Facebook, but on SoundCloud we have all the lessons that we have done. And this is 81 archived there. So you can you can look up you know some of your favorites, some of your favorites. <coughs> and with that, 
I'm going to go ahead and uh, just go around the room. And hey, it's a small room tonight. And I just want to say this is kind of historic night because Michael Cropper and I, how many years ago was it? Five? Was six, it five, know, six, five years, six years ago that we started Man Up, but they moved us from the <laughs> old room tool time. And we're That's back. Right. But I can tell you this, looking around, this is a lot more girly than when we were here. It's got a nice little cursive writing <laughs> on the wall and some flowers in here. We're definitely visitors in this room, Mike, I can, I can tell you. So, and with that, I would like to introduce Michael Cropper. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. It's, it's great to be here, everyone. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to switch to Steve for just a moment. He is actually doing a lesson. I don't want to steal any of his thunder from this for a minute, but if he'll... If, do you want to do a slight summary of what you want to present? Or yeah, I'll be first? Yes, I I'll debrief. I do want to talk about this. I brought a, I brought a, mentioning. I brought a little game for us you to play. A game, yes. <laughs> but uh, we are in we are in First Corinthians chapter five, and though the 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 title of the lesson in the book is Confronting Cultural Compromise, and there's certainly some of that. Um, almost the other side of this, I'd almost rather title it um, Enforcing Church Discipline or uh, Holding, good, holding yeah. a, a Church Accountable. Accountability. Absolutely. Because as, as we yeah. find out in verse 1, the, the situation right now in, in the case in this, in the, what Paul's going to bring up, this is what this individual in church is doing is beyond what even the regular culture of the Corinthians at the time yeah. did. Um, right. What we have is a case of incest. Um, a, a, a man, a member of a church, male, has apparently uh, is sleeping with his father's wife, his stepfather, his stepmother. Uh, not, and this, not only is this prohibited under Jewish law, for a couple of thousand years, it is also beyond the pale in Greek and Roman yeah. law and tradition. This is this is something that's outside the pale, even of that rather liberal yes. Corinthian culture that yeah. we've been talking yeah. about right. the past couple of weeks. Um, this, uh, so what we have is a situation where where this is coming up. He is this man is doing this openly. Uh, and Paul calls on the church in Corinthians to deal with it. And his, his words are, are equally, uh, you might say, equally annoyed um, with the church itself as much as they are with this individual. Yes. He, he judges the individual. Um, spoiler alert, he, he, he tells the church that they should expel this person. But he's really, and, and, and as we go through it, his, his real protestation is, why haven't you done this already? Why right. have you yeah. tolerated yeah. this? And, and he goes through the reasons they shouldn't. He goes through the reasons using, using some uh, analogies of unleavened bread, of stale yeast. Um, I'll, I'll might all have some comments, and then certainly we'll go uh, uh, to to Bill, who can read the read the chapter. Yeah, the the, uh, the lesson, and I want Steve to introduce that because he knows where he's going with this. But 
confronting cultural compromise, I just say that's sin. Forget cultural mm -hmm. compromise. I don't know where they get. They, they actually. They try to, try to they, gussy, they, gussy they, it up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The path in confrontation here. Right. And I mean, let's face it, folks, you know, it's either sin or it's not sin. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what Paul gets to. When you mm -hmm. stated this, Steve, when, when Bill reads the scriptures mm -hmm. to us, Paul gets very irrational, and not really irrational. He gets very confrontational. He gets angry. He gets angry. And I don't blame him at all, because as Steve said, folks, real quickly, Leviticus 20.11 says, a man who sleeps with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them surely shall be put to death. I mean, this is yes, no yes. game here. Right. This right. is no slight pad the sin or or uh, I cuss today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, or lost my temper and hit my thumb with a hammer and cuss today. This is a very very serious sin. So I'm looking forward to it. And not only this, but uh, as as Bill had mentioned, Steve has some. Uh, some examples and, and situations that we're going to look at and discuss. And folks, they're what you see every day. And if you go to church, if you're a Christian, if you love the Lord, uh, some of these will hit home and, and, and you may know how to confront them. We're going to talk about it and we're going to, we're going to deal with those issues. So thank you, Steve. Okay. And I just want to let you know, if you're out there listening and you're uncomfortable with calling people out, well, that makes two of us. Because uh, you can count, you can count me in, yeah, or, or or four of us. Because I mean, that I I've never felt that was my that that's always been above my pay grade, pretty much, unless I was related to him. So anyway, uh, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, scriptures, First uh, Corinthians five. It is actually reported that there is immorality among you, and immorality of such a a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles, that someone has his father's wife. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead so that the one who has done this deed would be removed from your midst. For I, on my part, though absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this as though I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled, and I with you in spirit, and with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote you in, a letter, in my letter not to associate with the immoral people, I did not mean, not at all mean with immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler not even to eat with such as one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? 
do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among ourselves. I'd say he was pretty... Uh, <laughs> he had ourselves, you know. That's or, it's yourself. Yourselves. Yeah. No, ourselves right. is good. You know, right. That's good. Um, I'd say he was pretty serious about the matter. Right. Um, what, you want, what I want to ask myself there, and what I would like to ask them is, is well, well, first of all, the, the Bible doesn't differentiate personally. You, you have incest with your father's wife. doesn't matter whether your father is dead or not. That mm -hmm. doesn't, because there's a holy communion that was with your father and mother, whether it's a stepmother or, or father and mother, and that holy union remains. It doesn't die with the death of the, uh, the parent, because that relationship and the family, familial relationship is so powerful and so anointed of God, you cannot have. It'd be the same thing as having your sister or even a stepsister. It, it would folks. still be yucky today. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to be a Christian to say I that. I mean, yes, you would still be, I, I think um, it would still be, oh, well, you know, some, uh, my, my father, my divorced father marries a trophy wife and yeah. he dies and then, well... <laughs> It would still be yucky. Right. Well, here's the, here's the thing, though. I think on the macro, before we don't even get into the sin, though, is this. What people have a problem with Christians is this. They treat people so well who are immoral outside of the church to bring them into the church. And then when they turn around and see immoral people in their church, they're wondering, what happened? You're a sinner. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, sure. Where it's yeah, hard for people to make the change, to change from being welcoming to mentoring, to help instead of mm -hmm. going from welcoming to judging. Hey, we welcomed mm -hmm. you before when you're a mm -hmm. drug addict and a philanderer. Yeah, yeah. But now that you're a member of the church, you need to stop being a drunkard and a philanderer. Yeah, yeah at this uh, moment. This this moment. Moment. And this. sometimes it isn't always possible, like you said. Right, right, and I and I think that and I think that's the thing. We treat them all with love, but there's there's different set of rules for those outside of the church and those that are in the church. Mm -hmm. And when you come mm -hmm. in the walls, I don't think people. I, I but I think the key thing also is the unrepentant nature of this. The, we, right. and, and I mean, and, and I think yes, the, the churches certainly have to see see the difference. What we have here is someone who is practically, if not bragging about it, is certainly not not trying not to change it. it. He He's not ashamed of it, and yeah. no one no one is taking him aside. And and in well, Matthew eighteen, Jesus gives kind of. The, the, the recipe for dealing with a problem like this. But no one's taking him aside and saying, look, this isn't a good idea. You need to change your life. He has not committed to change. He is coming to these church gatherings, um, being accepted among them. And, you know, maybe there's a reason for that. And, 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 and that's worth speculating on. But no one's saying, hey, 
young man or older man, you can't do this. You really have to change this. Well, for me as a as a man, and that's been a long time member of a church, and a lot of times people come up to me and ask me for leadership, and it's hard for me to give that kind mm-hmm. of leadership. But I draw the line at this: Are you being ministered to? Or are you a minister? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the line for me. If you're a sinner and being ministered to, welcome. But if you're blatantly sinning and you're ministering, <laughs> you might want to check yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I think I'm that... not telling you to stop, <laughs> but I'm telling you. There's a, you, you might want to watch what you're doing there. You, you, you see what I'm saying, and, and, and that for me is mm-hmm. is the kind of the difference. Well, it sounds like, and it sounds like Paul is is addressing them very strong because they are proud of this guy, whether he's in leadership, like you say. In verse six, it says, "Your yeah. boasting is not good." It doesn't sound like he's talking to God. It sounds like he's talking to the Corinthians, and he is yes, just yeah, oh yeah, as mm-hmm. a whole, as so, a whole. As so, a whether they're patting this guy on the back because he's a deacon, an elder, or whatever he is, they're still proud of him, and they're just ignoring the other part that's destructive to mm-hmm. the relationship of the body. And again, why, why is it so destructive? Because if other people see this, if, no, if nothing else, they can think they might be able to get by with it too and do it, right? Or hypocrite, or he gives yes. them something to, right. There, there's, and, and, and Paul, basically he gives the old one, one apple spoils a whole bunch. Yes, you allow this absolutely. to happen, it will fester. And we see yes. that, we've seen yeah. that happen at churches. Yes, uh, absolutely. Where, where and, and we, we didn't cover, the previous lesson was about spiritual maturity and some churches are not far along. The Corinthians were not a very mature church and this might have been one reason we're getting here. Um, so, uh, well, he gave them plenty of ba- on the background. And we know that he's talked to him before he started the church. Mm-hmm. He's preached there many mm-hmm. times. Something's holding him back, and he. Mm-hmm. This is why he's really hitting him so hard. Mm-hmm. What is holding you back? I've and given you the leadership, the teaching, but and I gave it to you as milk, mm-hmm. and tried to increase your level of depth in it mm-hmm. to make you to make it meat and you can't take it still you can't swallow it you're still not able to swallow meat after years of being taught the word of god and what i've taught you so so he's he's very somewhat frustrated and flustered why they're holding on to whatever they're holding mm-hmm. on that's keeping them keeping them back well i i think you you hinted on it or more than hinted on it when we started the podcast you've got to have the courage to confront someone, That's perhaps, oh. perhaps someone who's a little more powerful or a little more wealthy, um, or has more stature. Which, which certainly, there's a you can, yeah, we can speculate this man had. In, yes. And so, um, and we in, in my lesson we talked about this. It can be a little scary to call someone out because someone someone can easily say well look at you look at you you're down at Kushida playing poker right. what kind of example does that set <laughs> yeah but I'm but I'm winning I'm winning, I'm yeah. winning. that's the difference so but, so, so and I'm giving your time up to the Lord right it is true it is true there's all sorts that, of that honestly that crazy. is you hit it on the head with me. That's why I don't go out and and witness necessarily. My witness is this. I participate. I'm on the tech team. I'm the director of this man-up thing. And I invite people to come. 
but as far as any kind of witness necessarily, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. Well, I, I have to remember, and, and, and practically speaking, that's why I'm looking forward to discussing the, uh, the mm -hmm. examples that Steve brought us. I just remember the Lord mm -hmm. loved me when I was in sin. Right. So how mm -hmm. can I go to a guy and... And, and call him out. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right, harshly, and, and try right. to expel him from the church yeah. when the Lord cared enough mm -hmm. to me. And you look at Jesus' example all through the New Testament. Right. He didn't come confront somebody and kick him out of the church mm -hmm. necessarily the Pharisees, but he gave them plenty of teaching first before he confronted them and kicked them out of the synagogue. He dealt with them many well, times and he presented the Old Testament to them. Here's what I think gets a little, gets, gets overlooked in, in, in this section, because it, it does come up a lot. And uh, Paul, and, and it really, you have to look for it, but it's there. Paul, Paul's suggestion, and, and he's, he says in, in um, uh, I'm looking for the verse number here, it it's, looks like it's verse 4, um, or 5. He says, hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved. The, the yes, hope is yes. that he is, maybe this is a temporary placing outside the circle in hopes that he comes to repent this sin. But he can't he can't be within the circle as long as he's not going as he's going to be as he's going to flout it or boast it or and the the issue here I think Paul and, and this is why Paul talks about the Corinthian church so much is church integrity. Um, Yes, we are, we are wounded healers. We are all sinners. We try to be repentant. We try to change our ways. This fellow isn't, and there comes a time where you have to say, we, we've, we've publicly stated that we are go, not going to follow the, the order of this world. Yes. Well, what happens when you have somebody who's very visible following the order of the world? Yeah. You've, yeah. you've got to address that. Yeah. Um, where and, and it should be, and I think Paul is clear, and if you follow through all, all of his other letters, this is something that should be done with love and compassion yes. and empathy. Too often it is done from a place of power and domination. That is why you see Ken Lay getting a send-off that would rival the angels, yet divorced women Confused gay adolescents are thrown out of the church because that is not done with love, that is done with domination, judgment, and power. And that, I think, would make Paul do a, a face plant. Yeah. Well, see, the problem, though, is this. It escalates because you're talking about the very core of a human being, mm -hmm. okay? Why you calling a person out. And I want to call you men out there. This is Bill talking. The sissy when it comes to that. And this is why I don't. Okay? The verse whatever it is that says don't pull the needle out of somebody else's eye when you have a log in your own. And that is exactly how I feel. And people when they do criticize someone it is rarely that someone will criticize a superior that goes especially like if you're in the military i did it once and only once and it was even it was a very mild criticism but i regretted it i absolutely regretted it 
and you learn that so you never you never do it so typically it is a top-down and it may start out as a mentoring thing and that's the issue with spirituality and behaviors that's so interwoven to our core you're not only saying that you're a philanderer but you're telling them your judgment is horrible too mm -hmm. you're calling them out not only mm -hmm. on no only on their behavior but on the very core their judgment that they used to make that poor choice of mm -hmm. behavior so you're really when you're calling a person out in a church or a religious setting you're if, if, they, if that person is committed to their faith you are rocking them to a core value and that is why those things escalate mm -hmm. so quickly. I was in two church splits here mm -hmm. at this church. I'd, I'd never been through one before. And I never felt anger in a church setting like that ever before. And in, in a way, it was enjoyable to me because I'd never been through it before and I kind of like new things, you know? <laughs> but it was, it was, but that's that's what happens when people call out people in a religious setting because it is in many cases the foundation of their being no, no doubt about it um we will talk about <laughs> calling people out um Let's take a quick. Yes. Yeah. After a quick. <coughs> after we will take. That's yeah. what I was, I was like. Woo! Okay. I hope you've enjoyed it. And before we go to uh, our hard break, I just want to thank all the ladies out there. This is a men's only man up adult spiritual oasis for men. But of course, women can and typically do uh, listen to our podcasts. And I got a comment from one, and I forgot her name, and I said I was going to shout out. Uh, I'm going to say it's Jennifer. Uh, and if that's your name, awesome. <laughs> I lucked out. But thank you so much for listening. This is Man Up, uh, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 81. This is Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And as regular guys, get a little uncomfortable today because we're in correction and counsel, confronting cultural compromise in the church. We have a judge here. 
Michael Cropper, he called it what it is. It's calling out sin. And if you're a big sissy like me, yes, you're in the right place because I don't like to call it out. And we have our resident intellectual, Mr. Steve Titch, who's a policy writer. He's also a gambler. And uh, he is going to lead us on a little bit of case study here. So get off your case. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Steve. Okay. Now, if you, if you do have the book that we are using, uh, Correction and Counsel, on page 46, the author provides a, a sidebar, a box, with a case study that I took a look at, and, and it is uh, certainly valid, but it is way, way too easy. Uh, uh, that's we, not the way we're meant. We don't do, we don't do we don't church do easy. answers here. Um, that's right. So, uh, and, and uh, well, I'm going to call this game, this exercise, accept, limit, or expel. And we're going to be church leaders... Alright. And I'm going to present a scenario. Okay. And maybe for a few minutes we can discuss it and decide whether we should accept this individual. In other words, allow him or her to retain membership in the church and participate freely in all ministries, be they music, teaching, uh, podcasting, um, yeah. uh, even you know, deaconing, even, even, even back office work. Uh, or um, should we just limit them? Should we, should we allow them to attend services, uh, be welcomed at, at, at activities Wednesday nights, but not really permitted a role in congregation leadership until he or she repents from the sinful behavior and makes a commitment to reform? Or third, expel. Basically means you're asked to leave the church in as in 1 Corinthians 5. So I'm going to shoot some scenarios out and, and certainly you guys listening out there um, comment on them, uh, play along if you wish. Now we're all going to be, you know, the no sissing out on this one. Oh, I know. <laughs> we're all, as you like I to say, we're pass. all leaders. I can't vote present. I can't we're we're present. all members of the, uh, the congregation session or elders, whoever um, does, the, does the governance there. Okay. okay. Case study number one. There is a bright young man in your congregation who sings in the choir and is talented enough to perform the occasional solo. He recently took a management job with a video gaming company. His work includes writing code for video games that feature gratuitous violence, exploitive sex, and generally glamorize crime and hedonism. What do you do? Accept, limit, or expel? You would have to know the person fairly well to know what they do. I think in this particular case, I would also look into how much influence this person has with his, with his particular position. And maybe does it bug him any? Okay, mm -hmm. maybe yeah, he didn't absolutely. know. Maybe yeah, he didn't too. know. Maybe he didn't know, and uh, that it was going to turn in, in this way. But also, I would have to vote limit because I would allow him to perform and everything. But understand this: if you're going to be going up further in leadership, this is something that you might want to concern yourself with. 
That's kind of the way yeah, I would look. I, I, what I wrote here, say limit. And, and, and without jumping, the, the three decisions, or the three judgments that Steve, Steve has given us, the first thing I would do is I would confront him, as you said. The first right. thing I would do is talk to him and learn a little bit about Moore's walk with Christ, right. how long he's had a walk with Christ, and I would evaluate what he has to say, and does he think it's okay to do what he's doing? Right. Why or why not? And then, and then make a judgment from there on. That's simply, should I limit him? Should I expel him? Should I uh, uh, accept what he's doing and then uh, uh, permit Okay, Judge, on. this is all you're going to get, though. <laughs> oh, man. This is making the decision now, Judge. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, uh, the jury's in the box. Yeah. jury's in the room, man. Okay. Sir, okay. Limit, limit. Okay. I say limit. Here's what I'd say. I, I would give him an ultimatum to see if he changes his ways. First. Oh, you would? But if he tells you, I'm not going to change, or then, mm-hmm. then I would limit him, as you said, as you said earlier. I, I say limit. I would say limit as well. Okay. Yeah, but but you may raise some good points. Is he, he in a point he where he can ultimately get off this project? Does he have much of a choice? Is right. he going to make decisions on future scenarios? Can he? But um, uh, I would say limit for now because what he's doing are not promoting values that supposedly he should be promoting. Well, right. so, I, I got to go back real quick to the. Okay. Remember, Paul really exploded on the Corinthians voices. All right. All right. What are you doing? Why haven't you kicked him out? I would throw him out to Satan. I would throw him outside and close the door if it's snowing, 32 below zero, and let him die. That's the way Paul says. But we have to forget that Paul has known about that issue for some time. It wasn't brand new to him. But it's that's also a coach thing. When I was in the Navy, they would come in and they would absolutely blast you publicly. Why? It was like a tune-up spanking. One person saw you, they all straightened up. Okay. And that's the thing. And I think that's part of Paul's thinking. Yeah. You blast them and they will <laughs> self-police. Okay. Yeah. Just, uh, okay. Okay. Case study number two. Case study number two. A middle-aged gentleman in your congregation has been nominated to be ordained as a deacon. He has a good family, has proved a faithful husband, and has provided great service to the church as a member. However, after deeper inquiry, you've learned that he, sell, that he makes his living primarily by selling subprime mortgages, in some cases to people who clearly do not have the financial stability to afford such commitments. As a result, they've lost their homes or ended up in bankruptcy. What do you do? Accept, limit, or expel? I would probably get somebody who's in the regular mortgage business with me to go with, with me to confront him first. I would get someone who's very expensive, experienced, pardon me, in this, and can explain what he's doing that that appears immoral. And and and, and the subprime mortgage, you might want to explain that to us. Just for a oh. second, Steve, in case um, somebody doesn't know what you're talking about. Subprime mortgages are, are, it's not sub, it's sub because it's higher, it's a higher interest, interest rate. rate. Okay. It's often often short term. Uh, Selling to short, people who can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it is, it is bottom ahead. line, uh-huh. bottom line, if you can't get a mortgage through a bank or through a, through a fairly stable uh, institution, you can go to a pr- subprime lender. Uh, who unfortunately in the past have been some reputable names, and they basically, the deal is, I can get it for you. And often it means maybe, if not outright lying, stretching the truth on your mortgage application. Sure. The the person 
or dealer in the subprime mortgage makes his money from that commission and then pretty much within a week to a month sells that mortgage to somebody else. So what this person is doing essentially is making a living, getting signatures, and really all the interest they have, um, per, you know, professional interest, is getting that signature on a paper and the loan approved. And pretty much the game is write anything on that. And okay. yes, it's a, it, it is, so, by and large, it's a very shady business, and if you look at what happened during the subprime, the okay. mortgage rent. So, so I, I, that was a long explanation, but it is no, it is, no, it's not. It is it is definitely questionable ethics involved. Uh, okay, it, what it, you're it, saying is the guy is a dirtball. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what you're doing? You right. sell me a mortgage, okay. knowing that I probably don't make enough money. I probably it. have too many credit cards. Right. And looking mm -hmm. at my history here, I probably will lose this house. Mm -hmm. It'll be foreclosed and, on. And, and, but he will and, tell you, I put that. people in houses. Right. I this okay. the, I, I help them achieve the American dream, and I they're supposed to know everything coming in. Okay. Okay. That's, that's we're talking. We're, now remember, I'm, I'm I'm accepting some unrepentant stuff here. This this guy will go before the panel and say nothing I do is wrong. Everybody who signs that mortgage agreement. I just know they, I, you know, they, they're supposed to know what they're doing. Okay, no, okay. well, here's the, here, here's the, okay, with me. I'm a businessman. I'm a salesman. I understand dirtbags like that. And I've, I've worked with them, and at times I've been a dirtbag, you know. But uh, what I'm saying, though, is this. Typically, if, if they're a salesman or a businessman, if they have no conscience, and that's kind of what the trait that you're talking about. You're talking about a guy who has no conscience, okay? And that should be one example. Honestly, there should be more than that. There should be more than just one example of him to expel him. Yes, his dirt bagginess is bad, and he needs to be talked with about it. But I don't think we can judge him necessarily only on his job because he'll bring up good points. Why put people in homes that, that they're on their way up or whatever, yes. give yeah. the optimistic way. And, and maybe he actually did help some people. But here's the thing. Does he have no conscience when That's he true. does that? Yeah. And then there's other stuff too. I believe, I, I believe if it's bad, he does more than just mm -hmm. that. And so I absolutely believe that he needs to be limited. And if you uncover any more dirtbag, he needs to be gone from any type of leadership. I think, honestly, I think these kind of people need to be ministered to. And it may carry but into the not, church, like you're saying, Bill, right? Right, if he's but doing not a leadership. leadership. Yeah, no, and I, no I, I think you should, you should absolutely evaluate him. And, and really understand where he comes from. And you might have to keep him out of the church. He might all have, he may have sold 10 sub mortgages to people in your church. Right? And that'd be, that dirt, gonna, that'd be a total dirtbag. Mm -hmm. That'd be a total dirtbag. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then th at that point, if, if this guy is really that bad, he might be asked to leave. It, right. it, 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 not just limit him, but it, it just it depends on how bad it is. And whether well, he has any morals at all, and, uh, and I, I go the whole nine yards. You go I the whole nine yards? You go expelled. And in part, because you see, okay. this is, I think, not to call you out, but what you do is important. You can't, this is his job. What you do in the world should matter to 
you know, where you are in your faith journey. Right. And 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 he yeah. makes his living doing this. He's right. and, and I and I wrote it the way I did, you know, we, we, he's not he's not not one in every ten he sells is subprime, which is which is still pretty bad. But yes, he is Everything also hurting people in the community. Right. He is he is being less than honest. I don't think there's a second. I, that, that's the chance right there. How you're living your the, the choices you've made and and he, he perfectly could be probably have a job at a bank and do what he's doing. That is in a, in, in a far more honest and legitimate right. way. So I, I vote for I vote for I absolutely can understand it. I mean, and if we were a committee of, of three, I mean, I, I I would be able to I, I would be able to to up my vote from yeah. limit to uh, yeah. Yeah. that. I would. I mean, do, that'd be fine. do we have anybody in the church doing this? I don't no. know. I don't know. I made no. this. Stuff uh, Kyle is it Kyle in the subprime? He's not here. No. Well, that's why he's not here. So yeah, let's say he is. It's Kyle, he's Kyle a, is a yeah. realtor, right? I would, oh, yes. I think he's, I think he's heading. <laughs> okay, all right. That's a good, 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 good. Subprime health insurance. That's okay, here's, here's one. Here's a Mike Cropper special. Okay. Okay. Right. Local news reports that a medium-sized company owned by a wealthy church member is being investigated for illegally discharging chemical waste into local groundwater for yeah. the past 10 years. Yep. This, this member, she, it's a she, having equality here, she faces considerable fines and possible jail time. She denies it. The evidence against her, however, is strong, and there has been a measurable increase in chronic illness, particularly among children where the authorities say the illegal dumping is occurring. She says the charges are all politically motivated by her enemies and points to the amount of money she has gifted the church over the years. Love it. <laughs> what, what do you do? Accept, <laughs> limit, or expel? Boy, I do, I do. You hit the nail on the head. I'd want to see the evidence. I'd want to know the evidence. And finally, I would want to know what a jury decides, mm -hmm. the jury of our peers. But it depends on the part of the country you're in, because some are more conservative than others. Some of them might no say it's like that. But, but um, that's what if she has not. We've only been accused at this point. She's only been so, accused. Right. That's so, right. And here's the, thing. here's the thing. The people that are having issues need to be ministered to. Spiritually, yes, and although, yeah, I get it that she's she's probably got a little bit of dirt bag in her if she's actually allowed her company to do it. Did she turn on the actual tap? Maybe not, but she is responsible, and those people need to be ministered to. You can't allow them to minister, so I think that person goes from being doctor to patient. As far as our church is concerned, I personally I agree with uh, with the judge that let the jury of the peers decide, but understand what action the church takes. Just merely, we don't expel them. For, I wouldn't expel them from the table. I would just turn the position that they were in. Now, if it turns out she knew it. And she continued it. I would expel her. I mean, I would, I would, have, to, right, I would right. have to agree with that. If, if jury I, found her, and she kept doing it, and, and wasn't right, and was denying it, and kept denying it. That's oh, right. So I, I, I would tend to. I, I think I'd like to see some 
repentance there other than telling me how much she donated. Right. Um, no, because there's a lot of pride. Exactly. I, I threw that in. That's, that's one, of our, one of my class members pointed that really irritated her, but that's what people will do. You, you can't throw me out. I'm, I'm, I'm funding your building program. That's right. right. That's um, so I would say, yeah, wait. I mean, obviously the evidence is in. There is. This is a politically charged. If, if, if she's guilty or if she comes to some settlement, I would like to see some repentance. And you put it a nice way. She, she needs to be the doctor. So I would say limit at least until judgment comes down. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Okay, now the curveball. All right. Which gets this, the, here. the last one. Yes, is the last one. Last, last one. one. All right, fellas. Okay. All right. You have received an anonymous email that shows a church member who routinely teaches, teaches youth Sunday school without doubt has been in an exclusive gay relationship for several years. As far as you know, this individual has never brought his partner to services and never given any indication of his sexuality. He is a valued member who has earned the admiration of the staff as well as the parents and the youth he has taught. What do you do? Accept, limit, or expel? Love the sinner, hate the sin. This it, this has happened. This is going to be a short case study for me because we've went through this several times already with our leadership, and that's the thing. That is where they draw the line. We will minister to, but in our particular faith, being Baptist, we do not allow them to minister. Plain and simple. And we just had a music minister. We had an organist. Same thing, that the relationships that they have, and then when it came out on social media, the church leadership was not comfortable in allowing them to lead. And I, as talented as they are, I don't have a problem with them participating, but it's the leadership part, mm -hmm. leadership role, where I personally draw the line. Yeah, I, I, I first thing I do is confront them, then evaluate their relationship with Christ and, and find out do they really understand what the Bible says about what they're doing. And by the way, and this is a good point, where he said you don't like to confront. When you go confront somebody, you better know the Bible because the other person could bury you in it. And mm -hmm. you better know what you're going with Scripture and, and do it. And, and, and Paul said, at least with two people, I said, or Peter, two people, and you go confront the person. Make sure you've got your scripture and, and ducks in a row, board, so to speak. And then you talk with them and then give them an ultimatum. If they say, yes, I'm doing this, I'm in type of this type of relationship, I would, I would give them an ultimatum. You cannot practice in the leadership role, like you said, doing what you're doing. And we do not accept it as a, uh, as a role in this church. And, and, our, and that's our judgment. particular denomination. It's yeah. just, the, just the way it is. There's, there's other outlets for it. Yeah. yeah, now suppose, I threw this monkey wrench in earlier. Suppose mm -hmm. a person denies that they're in that type of relationship. Well, there's, there's the, there's... Oh, well, that's why I put without doubt. Without I, I, doubt. This was the whole right. thing. Right. I, I put right. without doubt. I, yeah, there's no like, yeah, you know, the, right. the, whatever. So the, the social media is there without, I mean, because I wanted right. to make it clear there's no, right. there's that's no true. That's true. Right. That's um, true, Steve. I, um, yeah, you're, you're correct. Um, so there's so, no doubt about this. 
uh, if a person does can, mm -hmm. does say they're not in, you you would certainly want to do a little more homework mm -hmm. and find out and know the uh, exact. Uh, pardon me, the, the, the evidence, whatever you've got against them. But you're right. You stated very clearly. Uh, there is no doubt about the relationship, and no doubt that they know that they're mm -hmm. in that relationship. And uh, sometimes they're proud of it. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to go with the controversial answer, and say accept. Um, simply because. Uh, I think there's way too much division on this issue. I think Satan is having a holiday every time churches get into arguments over this. Um, but moreover, I don't see anybody really being hurt. There is a real situation, there's a, there is more, the po it is not a possibility. The situation is that he's gay, he's gay, it's not a choice. That's who he is. And when we get into paid ministerial positions, that's another, that's a denominational issue. But I would say, as far as lay ministries go, uh, I don't have an issue. And I think, well, this is, this is where the cultural compromise comes in. Because, you know, we, we went through this with divorce. Um, right. As more and more <laughs> children of good Baptists come out there will be less and less resistance to, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get gay marriage, but uh, the idea of covenantal relationships, and this is, this is me perfect editorializing, I think this is going to be an issue that, that is going to have to be confronted sooner than later. Um, and so, and the reason being, I think, I don't think it's a choice. I think too many, too many older Christians hang on to that belief that um, so-and-so you know, chooses to have a, a to, chooses to be gay or chooses to have same-sex relationships. I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, it's not me to say, it, it does not, all evidence points that that's not the case at all. I did not choose to be straight. I, uh, when the senior prom came around, it was Betty or Veronica. I was not... Jug and Reggie, Jug and Reggie were not on, you know, for consideration at all. Um, that's again speaking as Steve Titch. That's where that's where it is. I know what the denominational rules are, right. but getting back to looking at at this whole, the reason I threw this in is how much more forgiving we would be to somebody poisoning the environment or swindling people. Um, and, and, and what's great in this, in this passage, though Paul centers on sexual immorality, which is great to seize on, that last part, I mean, he goes down another laundry list. Um, Idolaters, idolaters, swindlers, drunkers, every, you know, yeah. this is not, so, so we've, and I think it's an issue, that's, that's where the church becomes hypocritical. And I go back to the Ken Lay example because it's the most extreme example. Um, that was a time for ministry. When, when it came out, he was lying to his investors. When he was lying to his board, he was, doing, he was, he was breaking regula industry regulations. He was lying to employees. He, he was selling stock while he was telling to buy them. People lost fortunes. There were suicides in that. That had huge ramifications for Houston. Yet and and he died. He died before judgment came. But his funeral. Look at his funeral. It wasn't as if people felt bad for him. They celebrated him. 
this is, a, this is someone who needed, who needed ministerial help because he walked around carrying his Bible, he quoted Bible scriptures, all during his indictment, he hid, he, he, he waved his Bible, no one, and this was First Methodist, the big church down in Houston, yeah. as far as I know, and we don't know what happened behind the scenes, no one really called him out on this. And this is where it gets to be a problem if you didn't when know, you... If when you, you don't know who Ken Lay is, Ken Lay oh, was the chairman of Enron, the mm -hmm. Crooked E. So you countenance that from somebody powerful. It doesn't look good when you basically come down hard on the 22-year-old gay kid. And tell him somehow his his Christianity is somehow out of whack, and that's what comes back to church integrity that that I think Paul is addressing here. You go, you you you, you confront sin at any level, and there really have to you have to be careful about making excuses. Now, if we believe, and let's get, we, we, I know what the scriptures we believe that that homosexuality is a sin. We also believe that. <laughs> Idolatry, swindling, Agreed. drunkenness, divorce. You can't, you can't pick and choose. You have to have some kind of, some level of integrity, which, um, and I know it's difficult. Um, you know, and this has been an awesome study. I, I was scared to come here because I am not judgmental. I went through umpire training, and I all I got was ball. Uh, that's just not me. I cannot. I, I'm not good at calling people out. And I hope that you've enjoyed this discussion that we've had. And I think that uh, I can summarize it like this. Um, Mike wants all the evidence and everything before he will even lean one way or the other. Bill doesn't want to call anybody out, regardless if there's evidence or not. And Steve, as long as it's somebody that's gay, you're going to go ahead and leave them. Leave them alone. So I think we, uh, I think we got everything covered here. Yeah. <laughs> what a man up this is so and with that uh, I'm going to go around the room and uh, that was my summary I'm going to go to the judge and see if he's come back from his chambers yet no, <laughs> no uh, thank you Steve uh, thank you for the four examples and four uh, uh, yeah, four Case chances guns. to express <laughs> our agreement <laughs> or disagreement <laughs> Dude, everything, everything. I'd want the evidence first. Okay, here, here, Mike, here, Mike. I'm going to put that down. That's the first line of your answer for every question. I want the evidence first. Yes, that's right. That's right. No, uh, th no, this is, folks, this is a great, great chapter. Let's back up just for a minute. Once again, we were reading 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, if you want to go back and look at that, Bill read that earlier. Steve went over that and took his... Uh, his examples from the uh, the book uh, example, which the author for this particular uh, lesson wrote, and uh, I, I think they're excellent. And, and, and remember, at first I said uh, we have some great examples that we're going to face mm -hmm. daily. You're going to face daily in your workplace, uh, in your church, uh, and you need to know how to deal with them. And, and one thing I want to impress you, really and truly. 
If nothing else, if you do or you are put in a situation of confrontation where you have to deal with somebody with this particular sin, one of these sins, or one of the uh, developments, as, as Steve would say, we call it sin, but, <laughs> but uh, no, we call, <laughs> if you have to deal with it, put your, know, your, know your facts. Know your facts and know your scripture before you go confront somebody. Right. Excellent, excellent, excellent Mike. And Mr. Steve. Um, we didn't talk about it, but I would, if, if you really want to know the Christian way of confrontation, it is in Matthew 18, where Jesus really lays it out, um, really go, go approach the brother privately, uh, yeah. if nothing happens, then begin to escalate it slightly. For, for Jesus, tossing someone is the absolute last resort, so we, can, we, can, we can look to that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and otherwise, other than that, I think I've summed it up already. So um, there yeah, we are. Yeah, this has been a, a great message, and I hope that uh, you've enjoyed it. Well, this is a Man Up podcast, podcast number 81. And if you're going to confront anybody, and of course, remember what uh, both the judge and uh, Steve talked about, and I would only add one thing. Do it with love. So, And with that, uh, this is the Man Up Podcast. You can uh, catch us on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud where they're archived. Uh, we have a Man Up Facebook page, Man Dash Up, if you want to post a question. Thank you, all the ladies that have been listening and putting the comments on there. We totally appreciate it. And we invite each and every one of you, if you're ever in the Sugarland, uh, Houston, Texas area, don't hesitate to come out to Sugarland Baptist Church and come and join us at Man Up. <clears throat> and we invite each and every one of you to join a local church, local Bible-based church, because you'll go and get involved in a Sunday school or adult Bible fellowship and find a men's only group. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.